Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. I am going to declare us live as I do every Wednesday night. PGA DFS live before lock. U.S. Open edition. I am Ben Raza. Jason Roslin here as always, but we brought in the big, it's a big tournament. We brought in the big guns, Alex Baker joining us. Let's start with you, Alex. You are the honorable guest. Are you excited for the U.S. Open tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I saw there uh, there's some good tournaments out there. So really the reason I want to come on the show is I need you guys to give me a lineup to win a million bucks this weekend because <laughs> that's what we're all aiming for. That's right. You got to win. You win a milli on Sunday in PGA. And then right afterwards, you win a milli in NFL, and it's a, it's a good little Sunday. Uh, I probably need both to get back to even, so that's that's what we're really going to be shooting for. <laughs> Jason Roslin, I know you're very excited. Uh, talk to me about the U.S. Open here. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be a really fun week. It definitely uh, a lot different than what we've been used to. Uh, certain, well, I shouldn't even say that that much because we had a great tournament a couple weeks ago at the BMW Championship. I think we're going to see a little bit of that on steroids this week. And of course, um, you know, we're playing for a million bucks, as Alex mentioned. And to believe it or not, it's actually our best chance at a million bucks. There's only 25,000 entries in there. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know, especially with the fact that, you know, six of six through the cut. Is that even going to matter this week, Alex? <laughs> That's a good question because, I mean, if you, as long as you got five good guys, I mean, that the six good guy isn't going to help you much unless they're in the top. 20 or something so I, I could see if i have six winning at least maybe not a million maybe a lower prize but that's it yeah it's uh, it's gonna be interesting and let's start off we've got a couple of withdrawals that we should definitely talk about in our first section we always talk about the waves the weather and the withdrawals so ben sad to see scotty scheffler go down uh with covid 19 he'll be out for a couple of weeks but boy he was playing some great golf especially t to green so sad to see him go then sam horsefield who I read his thing on Twitter and he just seems absolutely gutted. He's a guy that maybe, you know, doesn't get in many of these. Um, and then the net last one, I think it was like Huang uh, that withdrew today. I think it was, I, I wasn't going to play him anyway, um, but maybe he's in play and he's going to get guaranteed zero points. He's not going to lose any. Um, <laughs> ben, are you a little upset about the Scheffler or do you think he was going to be high owned and you weren't going to play him anyway? So obviously you never want to see that. I, I do think he was going to be pretty popular and, Listen, he, he's had a great year, especially post-restart. Just been really impressive. I'm not sure I would have got there, though. That range is loaded. We're going to talk a lot about that. So, uh, honestly, I'm more upset 
for Sam Horsfield just because I wanted to see he's playing great golf quietly in Europe. I really wanted to see what he could do. Um, so, you know, obviously it's better now than mid tournament. I think we'd all agree with that. No, hopefully no surprises during the week. Yeah. Hopefully no six fifty five ones uh, tomorrow morning. That just ruins the week, of course, but maybe like I said, again, the zero points may end up not mattering uh, come, come the end of the weekend, especially on FanDuel. FanDuel scoring. So you're going to lose a point for a bogey and lose three for double bogeys. It's uh, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, so you get the points for the bounce back. That's true. You know? <laughs> a lot of opportunities for bounce backs. Yeah, especially with bogeys. Um, so a little bit on the weather. Uh, Alex and Ben, I don't know if you guys saw this. There's maybe a little bit of wind coming Thursday night into Friday morning. It didn't look too serious. Is that going to make you look at the waves a little more intensely, or are you just playing it straight up this week? Uh, ben, let's start with you on that one. I'm playing it pretty much straight up. I mean – I, I think when it's negligible, there's so many factors. We talk about this a lot. There's so many things that can happen after it locks that can change and you can't do anything about that. So unless I see something drastic, which I do not, uh, I'm playing it straight up. It's going to be cold in the mornings. This is one where I can, I can speak from, uh, I live right by this course. It's cold, man. I'm in a sweatshirt right now. I'm freezing. Uh, so I, I think guys in the morning are going to be affected, but again, this is minor things. Both guys will, both waves will have it one day and, and not the other. No big deal for the weather this week. Yeah, it didn't look to be. And, you know, I, I did see you look kind of cold. I was debating going the Harry Higgs look here and going all the way down. Buttons, a little warm still in Florida. But, Alex, uh, have you looked at the weather? I saw some tweets a little bit about it, but I really don't think it's going to matter much this week. I, I got to take a big victory lap on behalf of the show here because last time I was on, there was, like, this big debate about the weather. Yes. Um everyone after after thursday was like oh my god the am golfers shot one stroke better than the pm golfers yep. the problem was the friday am golfers shot one stroke better than the friday pm golfers so all in all like it mattered like, zero it didn't help you at all like literally uh yeah and, and i think i was a big proponent of being like no no i want that half a stroke and we didn't even get the half a stroke so I guess that goes to show you. I think you pretty much made the stand there too, that like, you're not going to play weather. It's just not going to happen. So a um, couple of notes, if you like to sweat the golf, like I do and actually watch it in the morning, we do have fantastic covers throughout, but if you want to just watch six golfers, you're going to get speed, the read Matsuyama with Tiger Woods, Colin Roy Justin Thomas in the morning, in the afternoon, you're going to get Johnson, Finau, DeChambeau, Rom, Mickelson, and Casey, pretty decent featured groups, but Ben, before we get really into it, anybody that's going out early that you might want to put on a first-round leader bet, and then we're going to go into our top guys. Yeah, a couple things. First things first. We got a lot of people in here. I'm going to do the Josh Engelman. He's behind the glass, so I have to do it. I'm going to ask for some likes. We got Odd Chopper on the screen as well. Yep. Uh, so if you haven't gone there, that's a great place to shop those first-round leader odds. Uh, looking it over, I, I wasn't drawn to anyone. You know, it's I figured Benny Ahn would be going out first. It seems like every week. That's his spot, but we get into the thick of it kind of an hour or so in when, when we get the decky Reed speed pairing, as you talked about. Uh, I don't think I'm going to reach too far for a first round leader. I think I'm going to stick to big time players. I'd be pretty surprised if someone unknown is able to post a big number. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be really tough. So, all right, let's go jump right in here to the top guys that you see on the Oz Shopper screen. We got Dustin Johnson, 850. Uh, there's some first round leader bets now. So that's interesting. Dustin Johnson's 850 to win the tournament, but after the first round, he's 18 to one. So Alex, if you're looking to the betting side, would you rather bet these top guys in a first round leader 
versus a tournament win? Or you think there's too much variance in a round one leader to go chase these top guys? Well, I, I haven't really done a ton of research into like the, the round leader bets. Uh, I'm more interested in the matchups, to be honest, because they give you both sides. Ben had one in his article that I'm sure we'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, honestly, like I look at that Dustin Johnson bet as just like totally like suckering in people who just don't know much about golf because like um, he hasn't even been the best golfer recently. It's been John Ram or John Rahm. Uh, so it's like really unusual that Dustin Johnson is the, the biggest favorite on the board. Um, and I have them at 15 and one. I post all my, my estimates for the winning percentage on the, on the rankings page. So I, I think you're losing like half your money. If you bet the 7.5 to one on Dustin Johnson. Yeah. It seems like maybe you'll be able to get a little bit of a better uh, odds going there before we move on. Let's just talk, um, really quickly, if we could about wing foot, we mentioned it at the top, if you guys haven't seen, you haven't watched coverage, par 70, 7,500 yards. The cut was plus 10 in 2006, Alex. I, I, crazy. Do you think it's going to be that high again? It can't be, right? Honestly, like, um, I, I I was reading your article and using a lot of your predictions from the first cut to, to help me with my projections this week because we don't have that course history. So um, one of the things I, I, I we were debating is that is the average score going to be like three over? Is it going to be like, what is it going to be? So based on your predictions, it's kind of three over. And based on my, my yardage model is three over. But I also remember like people were talking about the rough being like especially tough. So I'm wondering if that'll, if it'll be even higher than, than we're anticipating there. I mean, everyone's playing the same course, so it doesn't matter a huge amount for building your lineups, but it should be really interesting to see. Yeah, and, and some awesome – I mean, I'm a golf nut. Um, I've been playing golf uh, for quite a while now. Tilling hats with a guild hands redesign is like a match made in heaven. Uh, this may mean not a lot to you guys. I know you guys don't play quite as much as I do on the actual course. But, Ben, POA greens, 80% POA, so very little bent in there. We know that there are some golfers that tend to put better on these – are you just throwing that stat out though? You and I talk about that. That's more noise than anything else, right? Oh yeah. I mean, this is like po POA. First of all, most of the information that you get from POA is on the West coast. And from everything that I hear, and I don't know anything about grass, but from what I've heard, the West coast POA and this type of POA could be different. So oh. I don't read much into it. Listen, this course is going to test. Every player said the same thing. This course tests everything. The guy you need when, you know, we get a lot of questions about what type of skill set. You need a guy that drives it long. He drives it straight. He's got good long irons. He can scramble and then he can putt. Like, obviously those don't exist outside the guys that I like, the real shady characters coming from Europe. But other than that, I mean, it's a full test. So don't be afraid to take a golfer that has a deficiency. No one is going, I think it's pretty safe to say that you're not going to see anyone under par at this course. I would probably say, you know, possibly five over again wins it, which is pretty crazy. I know, right? And saying now five of six U.S. Opens that have been played here have been over par. Fuzzy Zeller. That's okay. A, that's a name for you guys. He's the only one that has shot under par. was four under. Now, again, <laughs> if, if the course, the one thing I will say, Ben, it looks like from watching coverage, I've watched like 15 hours of coverage the last two days because why not? It's there. Um, it looks like it is a little soft 
uh, on the grounds and on the green. So I think that maybe, if anything, that'll make it a little easier. But let's shift into a little bit of DFS talk, guys. And one thing that I noticed, Alex, from your ownership projections is that Rory McIlroy seems to be trending down, maybe even close to 10% owned. So I'd like to start off the talking about the big guys with him. Does that intrigue either of you to really up the percentages on him? Uh, Alex, let's get your take on that first. Yeah, I think Rory is really intriguing because, I mean, he's been bad for, for Rory because, like, he had been, like, two and a half strokes above the field for a whole year. And then kind of in this restart, he hasn't really maintained that same level of play. Yep. But he's still been good. He just hasn't won anything. So it's like overall the 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 strokes gain have been there. It's just like he hasn't gotten that hype. And I think this is when you want to buy because he just – I mean, the form hasn't been bad. It's, it's not like he had any horrible outings like Justin Rose or something. It's like he's just been pretty steady. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely taking some shots on him. Uh, ben, how are you feeling about Rory this week? Yeah, I mean, you said it. When you, when you zoom out, uh, in most metrics, Rory still grades out as the best golfer. Uh, he's been so consistent. His year last year was dominant. He was rolling. And then for a lot of reasons that, you know, post restarted hasn't been as Chris. Now, maybe I'm not saying it was the, you know, the baby swag and now he's all good. Uh, he's put that behind him. But, but as you talked about, I think people, you know, he gained, he's positive T to green in every single event post restart. The putter has come and gone. It's not like Rory can't do it. So, uh, obviously if he had won a couple events, the ownership and the interest would be sky high. It does feel like a buy low given that Dustin and these other guys are, are, you know, priced to the roof right now. So speaking of Rory, actually, we've got a free projection on the Austin Instagram for Rory McIlroy. You'll also find a promo code for flash sale there. So we got bogey, right? The bogey promo code that's going to get you the week for Osmo Plus for only $4.50. But for the next 15 minutes, we're going to cut that in half again. So you're going to basically get two weeks of our PGA DFS premium stuff for just about $2.25. I mean, that is a heck of a deal. You're going to get all the content for this week, all my weekend content, plus all of Alex's weekend projections, which we should have some pretty good contests at least on Friday and Saturday. And then you're going to get all the pre-tournament stuff for next week, the Corrales Punta Cana Championship, which you're going to see some of these guys like Will Zalatoris, Alex, who we'll talk about a little bit later <laughs> uh, next week. So go out and check on that. You'll find it in the bio of that post. Again, flash sale, just $2.25. Ben, that's got to be the best deal around right now. <laughs> it can't beat that. Uh, that's less than probably a price of your entry. It's worth a shot. So many tools behind the paywall that we talk about, leverage tools, projections, ownership, little things. Alex already talked about this. We don't have course history to rely on it. And that's a noisy stat to begin with. But without that, things like ownership and these projections become that much more important. So I, I couldn't agree more. It's a great week to come and try it out. All right, let's talk about Xander Schauffele now uh, for a couple of minutes or maybe a couple of seconds, however you guys want to. But it's trending like he's going to be the at least – Top-owned golfer. We just had the ownership projections up a, a second ago here, uh, which is something, of course, you can find behind the paywall. But we've got them projected right around 20%, Alex. Is that too high for you to pay, especially talking about Rory, who's about half the ownership, who we just did? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good price, and that's why he's so – so well, our high-owned is – I mean, he's had a good, uh, good few weeks. He doesn't have that same long track record as – the guys above him, particularly Thomas and, and Rory. 
Um, but he saves you that money, and it makes it so much easier to, to fill out the bottom of your lineup, which this week it's like there's a lot of scrubs, and a lot of them aren't very good. So I, I totally get it. But I think like knowing that he might be the highest owned own golfer, that is a good spot to get a leverage, uh, in my opinion. And truthfully, I'm I'm playing, you know, just maybe a little bit more than ten lineups in the Millie Maker. I have some MME, and honestly, I'm I'm fading him, and I'm just gonna bet whatever whatever amount I'm putting into DK, I'm gonna put on Xander to win to cover it. That's my strategy. Are you gonna tell me I'm insane, or are you gonna tell me that's not a bad way to do it? I mean, I. I have, listen, I've already stated Xander is going to be popular. I'm coming in completely under. I will not play Xander. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No this week, it's the spot for me to leverage. I will find the extra money to Rory. I will bump down to the 9K range if I have to, and to JT as well. I really like JT. Xander. The problem I have with him is he's overowned based on his history at U.S. Opens, and this is a rotational. Uh, and I saw this tweet from Justin Ray, who's a very sharp golf guy out there. Xander, in his U.S. Open career, first in strokes gained putting over the last three years, first in one putts per round, first in drives of 300-plus yards. He's been dialed in driving the ball and putting. Yes, if he can maintain that, he's going to be great, but these are different courses. I, I, I seriously doubt that we're going to just see him continue that so although he's a great player i am not interested in xander this week yeah i mean is he gonna creep up to a guy we're going to talk about in a little while i mean louis Ustate is, is five for five in the last five years with five top 25s at US <laughs> is he gonna reach that level i mean it seems like it's trending that way right now i think uh what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like that Brooks Kepka thing where like yes. people, people are like majors Brooks Kepka. Sadly, we don't get him this week, but we found out last time maybe that's not worth as much as people think. Yeah, when I found out he withdrew, I was really sad uh, knowing that you were going to come on the show today because I really <laughs> to talk to you about Kepka, um, but sadly not going to get the opportunity. Okay, so now that that leaves us with Thomas Johnson and Rom, and it sounds like Alex, I think I know where you stand on these guys. It seems like you're going to get a good amount of all of them. But Ben, are you taking that route as well? Are you going to basically spread, you know, uh, every lineup you do, one it's going to have one of these three? So I don't know about that. I, I will say that JT has risen above the others. Uh, and it's just a, a simple situation of I don't think that he's capitalized on really good ball striking. He's lost strokes putting in four or five. I don't want to say ironically, but he won one of those events when he lost strokes putting, which just shows how well he's hitting the ball. He has the all-around game that I want. I think he's built for U.S. Open types. We know these are the best players in the world, so it's very slim margins. I do have more JT, though, than I have of Rom, and I have more Rom of Dustin, who I really don't have a lot of interest in at that price. Yeah, at 11.5. It's it's not like uh, the PGA Championship where he was 9,100, and you could like him. With Colin Morikawa, who was 8,600, now those guys both over 10,000. The last one we haven't talked about is Morikawa, training to be, as we look on the screen here, about 17% owned 
Alex, the guy right underneath him is going to be half his ownership, Bryson DeChambeau. Does that mean you're going to go right to Bryson, or is Colin Morikawa, even at 17% owned, worth playing this week? I do have Morikawa as a better play. So, I mean, I, I don't hesitate to, to put him in a lineup, but he is going to be pretty high owned. I, I just think there's, like, so much hype around him because he did win a couple of tournaments recently. But the the overall work hasn't been quite as good as some of the guys above him. So, like, in my uh, strokes gained model, I have him at minus 1.85 about, where the guys priced above him are a lot lower um, or higher. More strokes. <laughs> I think that's where you look at it for golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think, like, He's a great young player. He's just a little bit overhyped based on like the opposite of that Rory thing where he's had a couple of good weeks and a couple of really, really bad weeks. Um, and I don't really think that it makes sense to just look at the good weeks and ignore the bad ones. I, I think that's, that's pretty prudent there. So as we do move down in the price section, I see a good amount of people in here. So I'm going to ask you guys to bump up that likes. If hey, we, your turn. Yeah, if we get up to over 100 here in the next little bit, um, I'm gonna make Alex give us his top seven thousand priced below guy uh, on the spot. He's gonna have to come up with him. So if you guys want to hear that, let's bump up those likes. You're gonna say you're gonna take down one of the buttons and go the Harry Higgs route. Oh, oh yeah, I could do that too. Oh man, getting, well, we're, we're gonna get it last over a hundred. Coming down, let me tell you. But um, all right, Alex, it looks like we got to a hundred. So let's hear your top seven K or below pick. Oh, man, I feel great about this because I already built all my lineups. Now I just can't remember who's 7K and below, so I'm loading them up right now. All right. Ben, while we get Okay, I got it. I got it. Will Zalatoris. Here's the thing is, like, I I don't feel great about this because, like, I don't have any data on him because he's in the Corn Ferry Tour. You had a great write-up on him uh, in the first cut, so that helped me kind of – understand his value because he's he has been doing exceptional on that tour um and the other factor i've looked at is the vegas odds so 160 i believe i think he is right if i'm not mistaken yeah so i look at these uh betfair and other uh exchange odds because those are those are uh open for anyone to put out their own odds you can't do it in the u.s yet but I feel like that creates some competition that's not on the same that that's not on sports books normally, and they have them ranked right around Shea Revi and, and Byunghan and Kokrak. I mean, these are all guys that we roster on a regular basis. So I'm thinking, like, it's not like people are are all busting down the doors of these sports books trying to buy Will Zalatoris outright. So I'm thinking he's just that good. Yeah, no, listen, he's he's certainly proven to be quite an extraordinary player on the Corn Ferry Tour. We've seen plenty of golfers make a jump and go right to the PGA Tour and do some damage, but um, he's taken a little bit of time to get to where he is. He's, he's not young. He's not 21. I think he's 24, 25. He came out uh, before the Morikawa and uh, Wolf uh, guys, so we'll see on him for sure. So, all right, let's move into the 9K, and I have this note here on our topics, fade the 9K. And the reason is, is because Webb Simpson uh, is in there and Ben and I just don't ever play him. I'm excited to hear he's <laughs> not going to change this week. 
True. I don't think it is. I've been almost a perennial fader of Daniel Berger, and I've even got Ben to jump on my bandwagon for that for a while. So might have that there. Um, and Bryce Shambo just isn't playing good. So, Ben, I'm going to start with you. Are we fading everybody? Or are we just fading the guys that I just mentioned? So it's it's certainly more the guys that you just mentioned. But th- this range, it, it's really interesting because Patrick Cantlay is someone that if you before the season said, like, where could he excel? I think a U.S. Open would be at, towards the top of the list. He, he's a pretty well-rounded player, seemingly always shows up in big-time events. He's won Memorial, can handle a hard course. He's in the mid-nines, and he's not – I know the ownership is starting to creep up, but at the same time, this is a guy that I thought could easily be the highest owned player on the slate with a little better form. Uh, Then in the low nines, I'll just mention two guys and pass it back. We've got Finau and Decky who are playing better. They're popular guys and the games are trending upward. We saw them both at the BMW and Memorial, some of these other events lately. So that's more where I'm going in there. Uh, But there are options no matter really what you're looking to accomplish with the nines. Yeah, Alex, it uh, looks like uh, as we have some of our projections up here, um, and you guys can see some of the tools we have behind all that Alex offers, the top six, the win percentage. Looks like Webb Simpson does have the highest win percentage of these five or six guys at 3.4%, but we haven't seen him play well at a tough course. He missed the cut at Memorial when it was a really tough event. He didn't play at the BMW knowing it was going to be really tough at Olympia Fields. So, Alex, are you just going to trust your model's numbers, or are you going to look the other way in this section? So Webb Simpson has always been interesting because, like, on my strokes gained, like, I, I have him always, like, above where the Vegas lines are. So right now I'm at minus 2.15, uh, which is right right below Rory and Xander. Yep. But the Vegas lines are always, like, 0.3 strokes below me as far as, like, when I, when I adjust it. And I, I tend to think that they're not underpricing guys. You know, they're usually charging more than they should. So I, I feel like the conclusion must be that Webb Simpson has just been getting really lucky and you guys were right. So yes. um, ben, that sounds legit to me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take it then that you're going elsewhere, Alex. So who is um, looking at your numbers? It looks like maybe Matsuyama, maybe Tony Finau. Where's the guy that you're heading to this week? In, in this 9K, maybe it's nobody. I have a lot of guys in this range. Like it's kind of spread out, so I don't have a sexy answer for this one. But I, I think Cantlay and Hideki are, are definitely good, as well as Finau. I mean, these are really good golfers. You don't you don't get quite as much win equity for your money, so it may make sense to pair them with a more expensive guy to lead off your lineup and not go a balance route, like uh, like you guys were recommending earlier. Yeah, Nolan, Nolan Kelly, uh, guy with us here, a uh, colleague, he just, he can't, he likes websites and he can't stand our talk right now. <laughs> it makes, it takes two to tangle. That's what makes a market. Uh, I absolutely love that. I'm in with Cantley. I'm a, I'm a Cantley believer. Top 12 at BMW championship, um, Ben, two weeks ago. That That's enough for you to get back in? Yeah, this is someone that I, I'm not overly concerned with the game. It just hasn't been as crisp. And you know what? The, golf, these guys go through ebbs and flows, but what I, what I really do with golf because it's such a high variant sport is I think that the public overreacts one way or another. When guys are playing great, they think they're never not going to play great. And when guys are a little off, it's like, oh, this guy, he's done. He's completely done. It's like, all right, yeah, Cantley hasn't been, you know, as crisp. But again, he's gaining consistently off the tee. The irons have been suspect at times. So he needs to play better. I'm not saying that. Uh, 
But this is a guy that long-term I think is going to be in many U.S. Opens in contention, and I don't know why that would change this year. Four top 25s in the last five years at U.S. Opens for Hideki Matsuyama. No, granted, again, let's, let's, let's be clear in that it's a rotational. It's not played at the same course. But if you agree or believe that U.S. Opens are all set up similarly to test all parts of your game, Matsuyama has porn preferred a pretty well, Ben, and I believe he's the cover guy of your article this week, so that must mean you're into him. Oh, definitely. Um, listen, Denki has been a frustrating guy. It, it's been years now since he won at Bridgestone. That is, I believe, in 2017. Like, this drought has been far too long. It's been, but he's been close at U.S. Opens, and you know what? He is built for these type of courses. He's an underrated scrambler. The putter is terrible, but it has shown life lately, and that's why we've seen some good finishes. Uh, I really don't have a, a bad thing to say about Decky, except for the fact that it seemingly can come out of nowhere where he loses it. But I, I like his price. I'm willing to buy in that ownership. Uh, one of my core plays this week. Okay, Alex, um, Daniel Berger, uh, he's been a nemesis of mine for a couple of years. I've, I've just decided to pretty much perennial fade him. Is he towards the top end of your ownership allocation in this range or towards the bottom end? I think Berger is always someone that comes in a little bit higher than I'm expecting. And I, I, I've kind of pegged this to him playing really well during the restart, but not having quite a long uh, record of success. So, like, he's really upped his game over the past few months. Um, I, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about it being kind of luck and how putting really contributed to that. And I, I have to buy into that a little bit. So I think that maybe that's why he seems to be overrun on a weekly basis. does tend to happen, especially <laughs> recently, no doubt about it. So, all right, let's move on to the 8K range now where no, no um, surprise or, I guess uh, – Ty Hatton and Patrick Reed, everybody just loves them. Nobody wants to play Tiger Woods. Everybody <laughs> wants to play Patrick Reed and then Ty Hatton. Uh, ben, both guys are chalk, but both are kind of showing signs like they're playing well and could play well here this week. You can match the field, go over the field or under the field on these two. Yeah, these are guys that I have uh, sizable exposure to, so I may get a little leverage. I was actually pretty surprised to see, and this speaks to the importance of ownership, like – Patrick Reed was someone I honestly thought he might be sneaky. Uh, I used our premium ownership projections, and I see that's not the case. I just want to make sure I didn't balance my my lineups incorrectly, and now I've adjusted. When I play Reed in lineups, well, I have to create additional leverage. He's certainly not going to be it. So I've done that. There are other guys in this range. I will throw out Justin Rose, who is a true wild card right now, but I think the upside is there. He's had four missed cuts since the restart, but he's also at, in the other four, he's at a couple top 10s and four 25, top 25. So boomer bust, the chalk is the chalk for a reason, but there are other pivots uh, within that 8K range. 5% owned Justin Rose and 7% owned Jason Day, Alex. That has <laughs> got to get you salivating. Yeah, I have a lot of both of the, both Justin Rose and Jason Day this week. And a lot of it, like, it's funny because I learned this lesson from Justin Rose where, like, I, I realized I wasn't waiting the most recent tournaments enough because, <laughs> like, he had, like, so many missed cuts. Um, and I had him pegged too high, and I had, like, 60% Justin Rose one week, and I was like, man, this is the worst week of my life. Yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> I know that exact feeling. Okay, but let me let – me, 
talk you into uh, feeling so better bad. about Justin Rose here okay. because he hasn't played in like three weeks. And I feel like the mistake I made was I was waiting like the last one and two tournaments, like they were equal depending no matter when they were. So I was getting guys like Henrik Stenson that hadn't played in forever. And because he won the hero challenge, she was like popping in my projections. So I, I changed all the way it works. And now like if, uh, if a guy hasn't played in a few weeks, it kind of wastes those most recent results a little bit less. So that's making me weight those missed cuts less and his long-term form more. But I don't know. What do you guys feel about that that theory, Ben? Like, no, that's. Does... I think that's a huge, and that just speaks <laughs> the importance of like reviewing because there are guys, particularly veterans, where it's like, okay, I haven't seen them in six months, and they were playing great. But the guys that we've seen week after week, I, I tend to feel more confident with where their game is at. So someone like Stenson, a lot of these European guys, I remember when Tommy Fleet. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wood came over for the first time post restart. You looked at his form and you're like, wow, he's playing great. But we hadn't seen him in two or three months. So that's definitely important with someone like Stenson. And honestly, even a guy like Rose to an extent. All right, Ben, we just got a, um, a what, what do they call those again? Uh, it's in the chat. You're going you're gonna to have to tell me what they're Oh, called. a super chat, which super we chat, get. Super chat uh, from Capitalism Reimagined. And, and this is going to throw you guys totally off because it's one of those names <laughs> you've probably never heard of. But he asked us for a high dollar single entry GPP, Xander Phil Cantlay, John Pack, and Tommy Fleetwood. Now, John Pack is probably a name you guys haven't heard of. <laughs> Yo, who is that? Nice. You know what? Uh, <laughs> If I had to recommend something that this uh, gentleman, a uh, Duke Cavalry, imagined, it would be from to go from Xander to Morikawa and from John Pack up to like JT Poston. If you really want to go that low at 6,100, JT Poston is obviously a guy that's won a PGA tour tournament before. Um, that's if you want to get super aggressive. To me, that's really aggressive. I would probably come from Xander and go all the way down to like a Matsuyama, as uh, Ben has mentioned, and then take your John Pack shares and move it to. Martin Keimer or something like that. Um, uh, your guys' thoughts? Uh, other than John Pack, your guys' thoughts? Well, I think that uh, it, it really depends on what tournament you're in because he mentions high dollar. To me, that makes me think of a tournament with fewer entries. Yep. And you don't want to play John Pack in that. You want to play him in a millionaire maker because, like, dude, like he has some of the worst odds this week. I honestly don't know anything about him. He has zero tournaments in my database, <laughs> but maybe you guys can let me know. But when I see a guy that's a thousand to one, not even nine hundred seventy to one, that just means like they're gonna they're gonna miss the cut like most of the time. I don't know. Ben, it looks like you really are dying to speak here. I no, no, I'm I'm just very well, interested. Seminole, if that helps things. I'm on Wikipedia fun. as we speak. Literally, <laughs> I've never heard this person in my life, and. Listen, the point here to make is what Alex just said. When you're in a 100 man, you don't need to be that crazy to have a guy that's 3% owned, uh, you know, a guy that you're ISOing. 
you're over leveraged if you take a guy that would be 0.01% owned in, in a hundred thousand person tournament. So if for some reason you confirm that John Pack is a real person in the tournament and then you still want to play him, do it in a large field. So if you get it right, you actually can get paid off for the possibly a wizard call that you've made there. Don't do it in high stakes. Well, I mean, we're just saying, this is what I love about our chat. Um, Andrew uh, Karkenny in our chat just mentioned that John Pack played Wingfoot twice in the USG Amateur Tournaments and finished twice in the top five. So I don't know if that's something there, but yeah. that's why I love it. That is actually some information that I didn't know. Um, I know that Brandon Wu lives around the course, but I didn't know that he'd never played it because it's so exclusive he couldn't even get on. Um, so there's that too. All right, let's go back to the 8K. Thank you for that super chat, um, however. Uh, let's finish it off. Some other pivots in this range, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, going to come in maybe half the ownership of Ty Hatton. Alex, of those two guys, Hovland and Fitzpatrick, two Euro players. Hovland, we don't have a ton of data on, but is there a lean for you of Hovland or Fitzpatrick, or do you have some of both? I feel like um, the guy in this range that I'm landing on is is Ricky Fowler. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Hovland is... is Havlin's a guy that he's won more than his fair share of tournaments, I feel like. So maybe he's a little bit higher ranked than he should be. Where Fitzpatrick, I feel like he's pretty solid. Like, um, I, I, I feel good about either one. Um, and I'll throw a Tiger in there, too. I feel like he's going to be really low owned this week for some reason. And I don't I don't hate it. But uh, the guy I'm really keen in on is, is Ricky Fowler because – he just uh, he just seems to never catch a break in, in terms of winning people money. So I feel like it's another situation like Rory where we know he's a solid guy, not, not anything spectacular, but uh, he hasn't played in three weeks like Rose. So I'm hoping that maybe uh, he can find his form again. All right, uh, Ben, before I throw it over to you to Fowler, I'm going to say something maybe that you don't like, maybe you do like because I haven't got your take on if you're going to play him or not, but – he was on the range today. and I heard, actually, yeah. He had, and I was watching during the coverage when they were talking about it, and he was having every single swing videotaped, and he was stopping after every swing to go see it. His coach was right there. I mean, it just sounds like stuff you don't want to be doing the night before a major. Um, does that help you play him, help you not play him? Were you going to play him anyway, or were you not going to play him anyway? No, I was going to play him anyway. I mean, I will say, this show is, if one thing – this may not be helping, but it's restoring my confidence because I've been jamming Rory and Ricky all year and saying, I don't know what's going on with these guys. Uh, listen, Ricky, he's had a rough year and he's in the midst of the swing change. But the really the thing that you look at is Ricky is, if you zoom out, a historically good putter and he has been an average putter this year. He needs to get back to making more than his fair share on the green. So we know the scrambling will be good. He needs to make putts. I do think, though, that he's gotten... And, and some of it's been self-inflicted. He missed a six-inch putt to miss the cut at the PGA. He shot an 82 in the first round, I believe, at Memorial. And then he rebounded and missed that cut on the number. Uh, he lost a ball in a crucial situation. There's just been a lot of really bizarre things around him. So is he my favorite play in that range? No. But usually Ricky Fowler is one of the most popular plays at majors. And this year, uh, maybe that's not the case. Alex, your face when Ben brought up that missed six-inch hit. Dude, dude, because was not even, he didn't even miss it. He, like, accidentally <laughs> he left it short. Ball. He accidentally hit the ball, and it didn't even look like he hit it. And then, like, <laughs> DraftKings had his score one, 
lower than it should have been because they because didn't. Because of that, yeah. And then they went back, and I had like all my lineups were five out of six. So, man, all right, you guys ready for a great narrative? Though? You ready for this narrative? Ben, you're gonna like this one. I, I guarantee Please. you. Like, okay, so we're talking about the missed six inch putt at the PGA Championship, right? Basically, he whiffed the putt. It wasn't just a miss; he whiffed it. Another guy that has whiffed the putt in the history of the PGA Tour is Hale Irwin. And why do I bring up Hale Irwin? He won at uh, at this course, Wingfoot, back in 1974. So maybe there's a connection there. You whiff a butt, you go win at Wingfoot. I don't know if that's going to happen, but okay. God, I drink it for you. It's definitely a lock now. All right, let's go into one of our favorite sections here, the make the cut section. So if you've got some weird plays, you've got some guys that we don't mention, this is the time to bring it up. You'll get at least 10 seconds on them. So let's start off at the top, 7,900, Harris English has played well above. He's like this year's Jason Kokrak for me. I got him packing his bags this week. Uh, ben, let's start with you, Harris English. No, just pass off the tee. I think we'll be exposed here. Damn good year for Harris English, but pass for me. Alex, I'm I, I, I'm kind of lukewarm on him. I guess I have him in a few lineups, but uh, I think. Uh, maybe I'm just not getting there on the lineup construction or just he's going to be too popular because he, he looks like a solid play as far as price and his form. So, Jason, are you, are you fading English? Yeah, definitely. No, it won't make one lineup from this week. Abe answer was going to make a couple, but I actually feel like this course could be too long for him. And he hasn't missed a cut in a while. Now there's been some missed cut, uh, some uh, no cuts involved in that, but I've got Abe answer going home, which is maybe uh, a little bit of a hot take. How about you? I think he's all right. Uh, it's kind of what Alex just referenced. It's it's more the opportunity cost because he's in a, a tough little range with guys like Woodland and Wolf and Usti. So I, I don't mind him. He's going to be sub 10% owned, uh, but I'm also not running to get him just because of so many guys in the same range. So you just mentioned three really uh, popular plays, at least in my book, uh, Usti, Wolf and uh, Woodland. Yep. I thought all three of them making the cut. They better. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're pretty big plays for me. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm not going 30% speed. Mike, I'm telling you, I'm not going 30% speed. But we'll get to Jordan in a minute. Uh, those three guys first. Do any of them miss the cut, Alex? I think answer I have rated the lowest. Um, just okay. because I feel like um, – I find the golf analysis a little bit hard. I don't know how you guys do it because it's like it's just like this guy hasn't done that well recently compared to the other guys. You know, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> such a bizarre like the the more I've you know obviously I've done this for it's just amazing how fluky it can be from week to week. When you zoom out, it, it normalizes, but week to week, round to round, when you know showdown and whatnot, it's amazing how guys can flip a switch both ways. So, of Usti, Wolf, or Woodland, um, Ben, is anything going to miss? I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, I think if I had to if I had to throw one out, it would be Woodland, uh, just because it's counterintuitive, but he actually is better on shorter courses when he can take the driver out of his hand. I think he will be forced into being aggressive off the tee. Usti is built for these type of tracks. Wolf has been super impressive. I normally would be railing against him in a spot like this. He has stepped up big at the BMW, at the PGA. Uh, he's in the Oklahoma State pairing with Ricky and Hovland this week. If you want to go that route, uh, I like Wolf, though, more than I thought. 
Yeah, um, I'm definitely getting to Wolf and Ustason quite a bit. Thing on Gary Woodland, just a quick note from coverage that, you know, I mentioned maybe a couple of times that I've watched way too much of it in the last couple of days. Uh, he flew his new coach, Justin Parsons, down the last two weeks because, uh, as you guys didn't know, he didn't make the tour championship this year and um, also, of course, didn't play out of the Safeway. So he's had uh, Justin Parsons down at his home last couple of weeks uh, working on things. Obviously, he just won the U.S. Open last year. So I love that at 7,800 that – we do have win equity of a of a major championship, uh, so there's that. Another guy that there's definitely been win equity at major championships in the past uh, is Jordan Spieth. Missing the cut at the Safeway last week, it was an ugly one. Ben, we'll start with you. Does he at least just make the weekend for us this week, or no? No, I, I I've tried to buy at spots. I was over yeah. at the Safeway. Um, I actually shorted him in, in the market. I bet Keimer against him. And I just, it's as simple as this. His off the tee game is not competitive right now. If, and when he gets that back, we will see what he's made of. But right now he can't control the ball off the tee. You can't be, if you spray it here, you have 0% chance to get it back. I don't care who you are. Alex, you, you feeling the same thing. And then I've, I've got a guy uh, we were just asked, um, in chat about who basically has a similar type game, but maybe much shorter off the tee is Brendan Todd. So start with Jordan Spieth. Is he in your player pool this week at 7,500? A lot of wins in there. Does he show up? Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, was going to bring up Ben's article. Uh, it's a premium article where he tells his top bets every week. And I, I am tailing Ben's gamer over Spieth bet this week because I feel like Spieth, uh, the thing is, he's getting priced high, like kind of what you guys were saying, because he has that good record in majors and it's kind of like influencing like how people are betting. But his like he hasn't been good. And... I know, Jason, you were saying in your article that you have FOMO. It's like you can't not play him. So, like, I totally understand that. And that's kind of like what you were saying with Xander. It's like maybe I'd bet this Kamer versus Spieth matchup and then uh, use that to balance out my Spieth lineups. That's not a bad idea. Actually, I kind of like Martin Kamer this week as well. Um, so, uh, next one, um, Brendan Todd. If he hits 85% of his fairways, can he win, Ben? I mean – He's putting like a god. Uh, well, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long these force carries are. Like, he might not reach the fairways on some of these holes. Um, listen, he's extremely weak off the tee. The rest of his game, honestly, is still weak, but he still gets it done. <laughs> I'm not going to go there just because I feel pretty strongly that you need to be at least competitive off the tee here, and he is not. No, he, he really is. Maybe some guys that are a little bit more competitive off the tee will go to now. Like a guy we just mentioned, you guys both did, Martin Keimer. He played at the Valderrama, which, again, I'm not going to try and compare courses Valderrama to Wingfoot, but what I will compare is what it did to the golfers there. It prepared them to come play really hard golf. Martin Keimer, he's a U.S. Open winner, 7,100, back-to-back top fives. Alex, are you also playing him in uh, on DraftKings at 7,100 or just taking the bet against speed? Yeah, I, I don't have him a ton, but uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, actually now that I'm looking at it more, I'm kind of cooling on timer a little bit because he, he hasn't had like great uh, recent history. I guess he's minus 0. 0.15, uh, 0.15 strokes over the last year. Over the longer term, it's a little bit. Oh, wait, hold on. I. Uh, Minus 0.6 over the last year. I had this uh, mixed up. 
but his recent tournaments haven't been as strong. So I think uh, I might hold off. So Ben, he had the lead at one point in the PGA Championship in the first week and pulled a full Keegan Bradley there by missing the cut after. <laughs> yeah, you did. Terrible detail. Um, but it, it does showcase form is at least kind of there. Does Keimer make the weekend? And then I got a couple more euros that are good off the tee that I want to ask next. Yeah, I, I think Keimer's all right. The tricky thing, you know, that Alex is just referencing with, with Keimer is he does a lot of work over in Europe and it, it's much tougher to incorporate some of those things. Uh, his recent form the last couple weeks in Europe against weaker fields has been good, but he doesn't play as frequently and, and that can make it difficult. I think it's a, a fine course for him. Uh, not a lot of upside, but I also think he can make a cut at this price. So I do have a little exposure. Top 10 at another New York course in a major last year for this South African new member of the PGA tour missed the cut last week, but in doing so and missing the cut gained for his like seventh straight time off the tee. It's Eric Van Royen. Alex, I know you've written him up a couple of times where he was part of the top golfers tool one week. Did he get back in the field, uh, back in your player pool? And will he make the weekend? I'm going to guess. If he's in your player pool, you think he's going to make the weekend? Yeah, I have a little bit. Uh, I think that for some reason, I'm just not landing on any guys in this range, maybe because I'm low on all these guys. But uh, Ben Ruyen, like he, it, it seems like all these Euro guys kind of go under the radar every, every time. So yep. I think that it's worth taking some shots on them. Yeah, another one, uh, and then I'll throw over to you with Van Ruyen from the Euro Tour. Lee Westwood kind of had a little bit of a career resurgence. Um, and then maybe going back up the prices. We didn't talk about Kevin, uh, excuse me, Kevin Kisner. So those three. Yeah, I, I think Westwood and Keimer are pretty similar. You're not going to see a ton of upside, but they, they know what it takes to make cuts. A lot of experience. Kisner has just been doing so much work with the putter. Uh, I know that he can handle a course like this, even though he's not long off the tee, but if he was cheaper, I might get there. I did not get to Kisner this week, though. Yeah, I didn't either. In fact, I would probably rather play Spieth, and that's probably a terrible thing to Same. say. Um, but I'm not. Play- I'm really not playing either. So I, it, I'm playing. Spieth. I, I have. I have a FOMO of Spieth, so I'll have him in at least one lineup. <laughs> I promise you. But um, I don't want to have that much FOMO. Okay, a couple of 6,800 guys that I'm really interested in. Um, uh, Alex, you probably saw this guy in my write-up, and Ben, you and I have been talking about him for a couple of weeks now. Rasmus Hogard. This guy's form is incredible. 19-year-old Roy McIlroy played the practice round with him today and said, at 19 years old, this kid has a more refined game than than I did at that age. That's some big words, obviously, coming from McIlroy, who suspects that Hogard will be a uh, Ryder Cup teammate, possibly, in the upcoming uh, plays of that. Ben, are you buying in on Hogard? And give you two more at 6,800. Our old nemesis, Jason Kokrak, and Thomas, the number oh one bomber from Belgium, Peters, not Dietrich Peters. So, uh, where to start? Where to start? I'll start yeah, with Kokrak. Good ones for you here. Kokrak is playing well. Um, there's no doubt. I do think his around the green game is, is an extreme detriment, but I do have some exposure just because of his length off the tee and his form. Peters is as explosive as it gets. I your guess is as good as mine if he can hold it together, but I know he can score. Uh, even on a course like this, he can score. It's just, can he avoid the doubles and the triples? And if he runs out of clubs because he broke them all in a fit of rage, like that is in the realm of possibilities. Holgard is going to be great. I feel very confident saying that, but I don't play guys uh, flying completely blind. So I will wait and see on him. Uh, I do love the long-term talent though. Yeah, I, I think it's um, at this point, <laughs> than I will, 19 years old. So 
Uh, Alex, how about you? Those three names. Uh, I know you said you're not getting to a lot of guys uh, here, but did any of these three stick out to you? Kokrak, Hogard, and Thomas Peters. Yeah, I have a little bit of each of them, uh, particularly like Kokrak and then uh, Hogard. I mean, Hogard's kind of in that Will Zalatoris box where it's kind of like, I, I don't know much about him, but the odds <laughs> seem to be better than the price. And I'm hoping that maybe people just they just don't know who that is so they don't click them and i feel like a lot of people they just pick their favorite golfers so there there, there could be something to that so um Kokrak, on the other hand he's he's a guy that's in tour pretty much every week he just seems to have better odds than the price so i think i'm pretty happy taking some shots on him yeah, I like Thomas Peters uh, a lot, too. He just had a kid as well, and uh, that's why he's had limited starts. And the limited starts since uh, COVID break, uh, he's come out and looked very good. Uh, so I am in on Thomas Peters, 6,800, a guy that, man, when he was going, he held the lead at the Masters a couple of years ago, and everyone thought he was going to be the next thing. He had an amazing Ryder Cup that same year. And has really fallen into the oblivion since then. So maybe this will be a resurgence for him. Kevin Stroman, speaking of resurgence, man, this guy is playing out of his mind right now. He started last week with two double bogeys. He was three over through like six. Ends up in the top 10 or even, I think he was top five, third place last week. Ben, 6,700, Kevin Stroman, interest to you or are you going to pass? Uh, I'm going to pass. And it's mostly a product of not needing that many guys down here. Uh, that's a guy we see week in and week out as a tour regular, but in an a big step up in competition. I didn't really feel the need to, to try to go there this week. I found myself going down here quite a bit. Alex, Zalatoris is the same price. Did all of the Kevin Streelman shares just roll right over? I got some Streelman too, but uh, let's see. Streelman's at 314 to 1. Zalatoris is at 200 to 1 on the sports books. So, that makes me think that Zalatoris is a pretty big favorite over Streelman, but because, I mean, golf is so random, I have a little bit of everyone. All right. A um, couple of more names on here before we get our hot takes and get on out of here. Uh, Lanto Griffin and Brian Harmon both have played really well. 6,500 and 6,400. I'm very intrigued. I think that if you're building an aggressive build where you're trying to get, let's just say, Raman Thomas or – Rory and Thomas in the same lineup. I think you got to use one, if not both, of these guys or someone in this range. Uh, ben, is there somebody that I didn't mention? I know Matthias Schwab, a fan favorite of yours and mine, is right there. But I'm not going to lie. I like Griffin and uh, Harmon a little bit more. Yeah, I like Harmon as well. He's shown it in U.S. Opens. Again, different courses, but he he's that type of player. He can make putts. Uh, length is not going to be an issue, even though he's not a long hitter. Lanto, you know, before the show, I was doing, and I do this every week, one of the many reasons you should get behind the paywall. I was holding office hours where I answer premium questions in Slack, and we had some questions on Lanto. He's really stepped up, even in some strong fields, some big events. So I have no problem going there. I have certainly more Harmon than him. Uh, and Lanto was someone I didn't land on, but at the same time, I, I absolutely get it. And he's been very impressive, even outside of weak field events. Yeah, Alex, uh, we got... Like I said, we got Harmon, 6,400, Griffin, 6,500, going just a little bit lower. Damon's also at 6,400, as well as Andrew Putnam, 62, and Poston, 61. Am I just reaching down here for PGA Tour players that are priced up with, you know, Takumi Kanaya, the amateur out of Japan? Uh, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense, like you're saying, where it's the last guy in the complete lineup with two studs. 
yeah. I have a lot of lineups like this. So I'm, I'm funny. I have like five percent of the guys you, you mentioned here, uh, Harmon and. Uh, Did you go there to Boston? I was interested to see because his, his stats look terrible, but I mean he's so much better than everybody <laughs> else around him. You got a couple of lineups. Uh, honestly, like this is a uh, this is a tournament where. That, that bottom range because it is an open like it seems like there's a lot of dead spots so yep. I mean there's like as you're saying like just a few guys you might even consider in this range so I have a little bit of all those guys but I think uh, this range is one I really like in those like 100k person tournaments because like every every week there's some random dude that, that has a crazy week that you, you just can't predict and these like once you go below like 6.5k everyone's super low on so yep. it's kind of like that leverage play yeah for sure all right let's move on to our hot takes here um and as our last topic so let's start off with the first one ben give me your top player i think you might have tweeted it out and i apologize if you did but your top player to miss the cut this week give me any price just your oh, top xander Xander to miss the cut. Yeah, Xander's not going to make it. Uh, hot, I know it's a hot take, and that's what we're here for. I have another hot take that I'm going to drop at when we get through this. But, yeah, I'm going to say that Xander gets clipped. I, I actually think he's leaning heavier on the putter than most realize. Alex, are you going to follow that up with another Xander <laughs> miss cut, or is there somebody else that you just see going home on Friday night? I'm actually a little bit more bullish on Xander, even though he's popular. I, uh, okay. I, I'm a hater of uh, – I'll, I'll throw out Colin Morikawa. I think that – That hurts. That hurts the soul right I there. I like that. Well, he uh, he had those two wins, and I feel like that's definitely playing into the market uh, value of him. But I don't really believe, believe that. that he's going to go on a Jordan Spieth-like 2015 <laughs> run and just win them all? Maybe. I just don't feel like in golf, like um, – that the variance of different golfers is like tremendously different. It's like every golfer has the potential to like have a horrible week or win a tournament pretty much. Definitely. It's the, it's the range of outcomes in golf is just, uh, it's almost unmeasurable at times. So, um, okay. Colin Morikawa to miss Xander to miss Ben, you kind of took mine, but that's maybe more than I'm rooting for than I think will happen. Um, what I think is going to happen. Um, oh, to miss the cut. Uh, well, I, I'm just going to go out and say it. It's Webb Simpson. I'm sorry. but That's just I, as crazy as mine. Good. Come on in. Listen, he, he didn't play Olympia Fields for a reason. He missed the cut at Muirfield for a reason. I think Webb is turning into a play him at the most obvious spot, Sedgefield, where he's going to make 7 million birdies. Weaker fields where he's the best player. It's almost like he shows up knowing he's the best player there. So that's where I'm going to play him. He's going to miss the cut this week. Um, all right. Uh, the hot takes, uh, next one I had written down was the best obscure bet, but I think you guys each gave me one. Martin Keimer over Jordan Spieth. Ben, uh, you gave that. Alex, do you have another obscure bet that uh, people might want to take a look at? That is a great question. Let me uh, let me pull up the, the bets here. I, the thing is, I don't I don't really love the outright bets. Some of you looking at these uh, these matchups where you can bet both sides, and um, I might. It, what's funny is John Rahm is actually a favorite over Dustin Johnson in yeah. the individual Shows. matchup. But then, like, Dustin Johnson's odds to win are, like, way worse as far as outright. So that's definitely something I keep in mind. But to be honest, that matchup looks pretty good. Maybe I'll just bet um, Billy Horschel versus Jason Day. 
Oh, um, Billy Horschel's plus 115. He obviously had a, a really bad score championship. But Jason Day, we haven't seen him in a little bit, so maybe uh, maybe uh, Horschel can find his form, and, and Day won't be on quite a so hot. Oh, you out on Jason Day? Is that what the story is? I, I feel like um, you've been the captain of the ship for him. Well, the 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 market has gone over me on Jason Day at this point, which is is a little hard to believe, but that's where we're at because he's been he has such a good run like for a while. All right, my best obscure bet of the week. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with this little theme here that I got going on, and it's just betting against Phil Mickelson, whoever he's matched up. It's very sharp, yeah. <laughs> Last week I bet Spieth against him. It didn't go for me, but I also bet first round steal against him. That won for me. However, it's Ches Reevy this week. He's minus one hundred six, which I hated. But then I took it. You guys are not going to like me for this, but then I took it and parlayed it with Tony Finau against Ricky Fowler. Because I think Ricky Fowler is just out of form, just, you know, what, what I'm thinking. So that was uh, – I parlayed them both together for I think it was a plus 285 payout, something like that. So that's my obscure bet for the week. Okay, last hot take. Or th- this one is wide open. You can either do it to win the tournament, top 10, whatever you want to do. For me, um, not too hot takey. John Rahm wins the golf tournament's first major. Um, but I guess uh, my biggest hot take will be of – the Rasmus Hogard, um, I had two other names written down. It was it was Hogard, Wu, and Brian Harmon. One of those three gets in the top ten. So I take Hogard, Wu, and Harmon. One of them gets in the top ten. Okay. Ben, let's go to you for yours. All right. This is going to be pretty volcano level. So I'm going to ask for some likes because we need to pump up before the. this is going to inevitably do some damage. I have one dark horse in the low ranges that i think is live to do not to win the, the thing but i'm gonna i'll put it like this he's 40 to 1 to come in the top 10 and it's andy sullivan oh boy he was a pretty good player over in europe he's had a string of good form he had a win recently he's got a lot of experience in majors he doesn't have a big results he's made a, a cut at a u.s open before but he's an english guy built for this type i think that andy sullivan if you're looking for a complete bomb is worth a flyer in the betting market. Andy Sullivan. This guy was on a millionaire maker lineup uh, at the British Open a couple of years ago or Open Championship. Uh, I know we've had some uh, people in the chat that like Sullivan. You got a bunch of likes for that one, Ben. No surprise. Alex, why don't you give us your burning fire hot take? And I want to remind everybody from PGA Championship, it was, and I quote, Brooks Kepka sucks, end quote. He ended up sucking that week. So, Alex, you've got a lot to measure up to, but let's hear it. Uh, maybe John Pack wins someone a high okay. six tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, wonderful. A guy that none of us even knew uh, uh, before. Uh, you just got to love it. So, um I think that is pretty much going to do it. No, wait, actually, let me see. Ben, who you got to win? Alex, who you got to win? I mean, for, for an obvious winner, I do think that Justin Thomas sets up very well to take this down. Okay. I, I mean, I love Thomas this week. Alex, of those top guys, or maybe it's not a top guy, who's going to win this week? I'll, I'll go with John Rahm. I have him as the best form of, of the whole tournament, even though the uh, DJ has the better odds. So that's where, where I'm leaning. 
Okay, uh, I think uh, we're pretty much in line there. So we've got the Corrales Punta Cana Championship coming up next week. Maybe a little bit of a change of pace. But if Will Zalatoris doesn't make the cut this week, Alex, don't worry. You've got a chance to play him next week in a PGA Tour event. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, if you haven't joined, I believe there's just a couple of more minutes on that flash sale. I wrongly said 15 minutes. It was 45. So if you haven't signed up for Awesome Plus, you're going to get that for like $2.25. So do that. And, um, Ben, uh, why don't you give these these guys uh, some parting words? Give us a couple of more likes. We've got 169 right now. So an interesting number to say the least. Yeah, yeah. last thing I'll say is – Listen, uh, this is going to be a great tournament. Everybody enjoy, but also stay tuned because the week doesn't end for us. We transition right to football mode. We're going to have a ton of content on that side. Jason will have you guys covered with showdown takes. A lot of money up for grabs, even if you don't start strong. So stay tuned. Obviously, subscribe. You guys know the drill. Good luck out there for the U.S. Open. We hope to see someone really hit it big, and we'll be back next Wednesday, same time, same place.